Hi there, Pastor Gwen. Welcome back to the Pastor's Table. We have such a wonderful episode today with evangelist Bill Prankard and Dr. Robert Slairdon. And he's gonna share with us, Bill Prankard, about some of the things God's been doing in the Arctic. I know you will be mightily blessed. And let us know, after he prays for you all, what God is doing in your life. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you, enjoy this episode. Hi there, I'm Pastor Gwen. Welcome to the Pastor's Table. I'm excited about our guest today. We've got with us evangelist Bill Prankard and a wonderful church historian, Dr. Robert Slaredon. He's gonna be asking Bill some questions and we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about what God's been doing, amen. We hope you ask questions too. Oh, well, sure. <laughs> well, we've had a great conference here this week and I've been to 127 nations, but you've been places I've not been. And you've got a minute. My wife will say, figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. You've been to the Arctic and done mission work. Explain what, what you do up there. Let the people know. Well, our vision is to see the fire of God spread right around the Arctic Circle. So as far as I know, we're the only ministry that ministers across the top of Canada and the top of Russia. And that's it's big and it's hard to get to and it's cold and it's far. How cold does it get? Well. <laughs> Give everybody reality. Here's how cold it is, folks. Well, first of all, whether you know, people in Canada Celsius or in the States Fahrenheit, when it reaches 40 below, it's the same. It's the same. 40 below is 40 below. And then after that, it really doesn't matter. Um, we've been in weather. I've been in weather in northern Canada, did a trip. With the wind chill, it was about 70 below. And that is really extremely awful. And um, we flew in, uh, I flew in with Kay Gordon, oh, yes, veteran yeah. missionary, and we were just visiting a lot of the communities that didn't have churches across the top. So the meeting was gonna be in the uh, community center, mm. I think it was, or the school. And um, you know, you never know where you're gonna stay. So I was placed in a home, um, like I thought, it's like the airports, you know, when they see my name, they put the plane Right at the farthest far end. end. Like, oh, let's, he needs the steps. Like as <laughs> far away from the community hall as you could get. And, and there's no transportation. I'm going to walk. And I'm walking to this place. And I'm feeling sorry for myself. I think I'm going to die. <laughs> like like it really hurts. It hurts your face. And you think yeah. this is wrong. No, mos yeah. no mosquitoes. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and so... I'm kind of whining that this is crazy. And uh, um, I get to the, the place and it looked like the entire town had come. The place wow. was packed and so many people gave their life to Christ and so many people got healed. I repented and I said, thank you. Thank you for this privilege. Like, mm. like I've had privileges that nobody else has. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love it. I, I don't like the cold and I don't like roughing it, but when it's for him and it's not the rest of your life, it's, it's for, you know, a short period of time, a trip. And um, when we go to Russia, Arctic Russia, you're going back in time, probably 50, 60 years. Um, so the people are still the nomadic people. These are the last nomadic group of Eskimos in the world. They still live in reindeer skin tents year round, travel with the reindeers. And that's their mode of trans transportation, make all their clothes out of reindeer skin. 
And uh, yeah, you said they, 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 the transportation is reindeers. They pull a, a sleigh yeah. or they ride a reindeer like a horse? No, they, they pull the sleighs. Okay. They pull the sleighs. And, it, and it, it, the whole thing is boggles my mind because, you know, there's, they had 1,500 reindeer, this one family, and um, they know what reindeers are the reindeers. There's only certain reindeers that are trained to pull a sleigh. And the reindeers huh. know they come to them. I was in one small town, a village, and uh, we were overnighting, and some of the folks from the tundra had come in. So you all sleep on sleeping bags or whatever on the floor. And um, so I'm talking, this one young guy, and he said, um, uh, he said, I've got some reindeer. Well, he was just, I think, a teenager. And I said, oh, how many do you have? I think he had three or four. And I said, well, where are they? You're here. They're with my brother's reindeer. I said, oh, okay. So I said, like, do you mark them? Do you brand them? Like, you know, we yeah. would. And he just looked at me, had no idea what I'm talking about. Hmm. And he said, well, no. And so I tried to explain what we do with cattle and mm -hmm. whatnot. And, and I said, well, then how do you know? And he looked at me as if, are you stupid? He said, well, I know my reindeer. Wow. And I said, well, they all look the same. Well, that was offensive. <laughs> he, he said, no, they don't. No, they don't. He said, I know my reindeer. And he said, my reindeer know me. Hmm. He said, I go into the middle of the herd and I just call. And they hear my voice and they come. Wow. Wow. Now, that could preach. That could preach. I think so. I mean, <laughs> but it's phenomenal because, and so these people, you know, you come to the conclusion they're so smart to survive. They have to be smart. And, um, you know, I said to the one guy, because they get really strong winds up there. I said, does your tent ever blow down or blow away? Oh, yeah. I said, well, what do you do? Like he said, well, it blows down and all this stuff blows. I said, what do you do? He said, we put our coats on. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go get this stuff. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, so, it, it, and, you know, they're, they're climatized, like, if we're there in 30, 40 below weather, I mean, we're bundled up, and you come across a guy, he's working on his sleigh or working with bare hands, and their hands are like so rough, they're so climatized that they're used to it, I guess. Mm. But it's their way of life. But I've learned so much from their culture, admire them so much. And so, you know, for years, almost 50 years, I've been going north in Canada and we've been helping train and build churches and, and uh, have meetings, and, and now we're taking it to a whole new level as far as discipling and raising up a whole generation up there. But um, uh, some of my best friends are Inuit in the North. There's, when you've got an Inuit for a friend, they're friends forever. Forever. They're so consistent, and it takes a while to build up trust, but mm -hmm. you know, I've had 50 years at this with them, and so. So they, they know you know. Well, they figure out you're, you're, you're there to help. You're there to bless, mm -hmm. you're there to give, you're not there to take, because people have tried to take advantage of them, and they've figured it out. And, and I think people all over the world, Roberts, like they, they know if you love them or not. Mm. And the key to ministry anywhere, if people know you love and care, they're going to receive. Yeah. And I do, I do. I fell in love with these people. That's and great. when you fall in love, you keep going and doing, and Absolutely. you can't you can't ever stop. You told a story about a family that was crying out to God to send somebody. Mm. Can you isn't that amazing? Can you tell that story that little express oh, yeah. the need of the people and the beauty of the people. Well, it, it was life changing for me. 
Um, you know, we, we started going to Russia and um, uh, first of all went to the Far East and we had, I mean, we had revival there. Whole communities were shaking to the point that I was blacklisted and told I'd never be allowed back. Mm. But the good thing was the new believers there went to the authorities and said, if you don't let the Canadians come, we'll go. We'll go to all the other communities and we'll do what they did. So what would take a few generations, they just did. And, they, and thank God, because wherever they went, I mean, they, they had people saved and they had revival, but they had riots. They had people beat them up. One of the young wow. leaders a young, would be left out in the snowdrift, kicked by these big, strong Russian guys, left for dead out there. And you talk to them and they're rejoicing because all they know is the book of Acts. And so they read it and say, well, this, this is we're right on track here. Yeah. And they meet, they have church every day because they did. And, you know, and they just expect it's simple. So when I was not allowed to go back there, I thought, well, I can go to the other side. Because I heard about these people who were nomadic people who worshipped idols, had never heard the name of Jesus. And in their language, um, their region means ends of the earth. Well, mm. the vision of Canada, the vision of our ministry is Psalm 72 eight. He'll have dominion from sea to sea, river to the ends of the earth. And so our mandate is, so the ends of the earth keeps growing. So we went up there, when we flew to Moscow, you fly north to Verkuta and then you go out and um, you find some of these people in tents and they were so responsive. Mm. But then they kept telling me, most of the people are farther north. Well, we gotta go, well, there's no way. There's no way to get there. Mm. I said, well, there's got to be a way. No, there's no way. That's why the people haven't come. So anyway, I finally said, we got to go. God kept telling me to go. So they found these tanks, these old military tanks with people can sit in the back and um, they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing nice about them. They're fumy, they're bumpy, they're slow, but they'll go anywhere because there are no roads or there's nothing. I mean, it's go. So you go out and you reach one family at a time. And it, it, we've got amazing experiences with these precious people. So we get to this one tent after traveling for hours and a man comes out and our interpreter goes and explains to them, you know, what we want to do. And so then our interpreter comes back and he says, he's been waiting for you. And I said, well, no, he didn't know you're, we're coming. He said, yeah, he did. He knew you were coming. I said, no, he didn't. He said, Bill, this is what the man said. And this, this for me changed my life and propels me to keep going and doing. He said, we knew there was a God, but we didn't know how to get to him. Mm -hmm. So night after night, we would go outside and we'd look at the moon and the stars and there it's so clear and it's so bright. It's, it's you feel like you could just grab the stars because there's nothing around to give light. And he said, we'd look up at the moon stars and at the top of our voice, we would yell, whoever you are, send somebody to tell us how to get to you. Wow. Jesus. And so when we arrived, it basically said, well, what took You're you so here. long? Yeah. He, he, I actually, they actually expected somebody to show up. Amen. They actually expected. Amen. And, and so it was pretty easy. Mm. Because they just said, tell us how to get to God. I mean, you know, here you have to sometimes 
deprogram people of all kinds of religious stuff before you can really get the gospel. Well, there they have none. They wow. knew there was a God. They just said, tell us how to get to him. So you introduce them to Jesus. Mm -hmm. It makes so much sense. Yes, the whole family came to Christ. But what propels me is that there's so many people out there still saying, send somebody. Send somebody. Yeah. But it, it, I mean, the experiences we've had with, you know you're not going to have big meetings. You're going to minister yeah. to one family at a time. We came to one uh, camp and there was two tents. So it's an extended family. And so, um, you know, one of the one of the kids had married, and so they're having a family, so they're all there. And this old man, this grandfather, I have no idea how old he was, but he looked old, and kind of doubled over, had a walking stick, looked like he was in a lot of pain. Mm. And these are people who've never heard. They have no hope. No medicine, no doctors are mm -hmm. out there. And so we show up. And so um, I try, I start the explain to them the whole family they sit they turn their sleighs kind of on the sides and sit there and and so we speak and everything goes through the interpreter and that there's a god and they they get that and then he loved them so much he sent their son so you go through the whole story and their son loves so, so much gave his life but he's alive and he loves you so much that he wants to help you he can heal you he, well with that this old guy gets up and shuffles up with his walking stick in front of me and I mean, we just started really. And he said something and the interpreter said, he wants to know how this works. And, and that's a little awkward because here, you know, people, if they come yeah. for free, they know you lay hands, but you try to explain that to somebody. Well, we put our hands on you and you right. know, God heals you. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I told him and so then he's kind of braces himself and said something and the interpreter said, he says he's ready. Well, you know, we think well, we should have some more teaching or something, but <laughs> he's ready. <laughs> so we all laid our hands on him, the whole team. And it was one of those times where it's like lightning. Wow. Just wham, we all felt it. And this guy, I mean, he, he, his walking stick threw in the air. He stood up straight and I mean, he starts laughing. And, <laughs> and his family said, he hasn't laughed in years. Oh, and, wow. and and so then, this is, ask somebody a crazy question. I said, because the guy got healed. Mm. He felt God's love and power. I said, would you like to give your life to this Jesus? Well, that's an obvious <laughs> question. So so in Russia, of course, the word is duh. Well, so he said, yeah. duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, of course you would. And they all came to Jesus. But see, I believe here in America, uh, in Canada, in the world, there's going to be a major revival. But I believe it has to be a healing revival. Mm. Okay. You know, when John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus, he's got to know, Jesus didn't, he could have gone through the Old Testament, mm. all the prophecies, he said, look, I fulfilled every one of them. He could have done all kinds of, he said, just sit down and watch. And then go tell John what you've seen. Mm -hmm. Tell them the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, right. and the dead are being raised, and lepers are being cleansed. He'll figure it out. Yeah. And when people hear, see the lame walking, mm -hmm. and the, see the dead being raised through ordinary hands, you won't have to do any teaching or preaching. They'll come to Jesus. They'll come to Jesus. Yeah. I mean, healing is the greatest tool of evangelism. Mm -hmm. Amen. And yet the church has backed away from it. And so... 
I thank you, sir, for, for keeping the history and preserving the history of healing ministry mm. and giving us hope for now and the future. Mm. Because it's, it's really important. Yeah. Really. They used to say uh, that healing was the dinner bell to salvation. That yeah. When they see the miracles and receive them, they'll come. And I think that is still true today. Uh, it really yeah. is. It Absolutely. really is. Yeah. yeah I think another key that you said about love, but I think we need to learn. You must have keys about how you develop trust with them. You know, because to to work in a, and we all know, I know it's a little bit different situation in the mm. U.S., but in Canada, working on all the mechanics mm -hmm. of reparations hasn't done the job. Yeah, no, no, it hasn't. And, and there's no other way to do it. You build relationships. That's how you build trust. Mm. Amen. And, and you know, you, you I mean, over in, in Russia, you know, we come to this one community. The mayor is a witch, literally, and was putting curses on us and all that. Um, she has this big house in the middle of town and uh, beside is a building and there's smoke coming out of the place. It's a sauna and she keeps mm -hmm. it going on them. She's got all, all of the, a lot of the kids from town live mm -hmm. in her house and are her servants. You go to the houses, the people have no heat. They have no firewood. And, and it's 40 below outside. It's 40 below outside. I mean, one of them took me to their water bucket. They have to bring water in. It's frozen solid. They're all in their heavy coats. They've got blankets over the window, several families in one room. So I said, we're going to give you firewood. We sent word, we sent trucks of firewood in, which the mayor hated. She said, give it to me, I'll distribute. No, we're giving it to every home. Then they would listen to us. Ah. Mm -hmm. then, they, then you have a right to say something. To say something. But you, how do you tell people you love them and God loves them? If they're freezing to death or have no food, yeah, yeah. you just words are not enough. Yeah. And so you know we get we get involved in humanitarian stuff, especially over in Russia, because they need it, and the government isn't helping them anymore. Wow. Mm -hmm. Glad that you're up there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want to come? I want to come. I I heard about. Can you today. imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> I wouldn't mind going. I mean, I went to Siberia. It was not as as dramatic, but it was cold, about forty, fifty below. So. Birds were flying at 50 below zero. I'm like, these little people, are they frozen to death? Are they special Russian birds or what are they? But uh, I, I was in some of that, and I was in the Lapland of Norway and Sweden. Mm -hmm. So I've touched the a little bit. somewhat the same, yeah. yeah. So I've been in there just across, but I wouldn't mind going all the way up and where you're at and see some of that. Really? I'm more adventurous than most people think. I wear my suits and yeah, do yeah. my stuff, but I, you know. I've been to Whitehorse. So, wow, yeah. we, yeah, it was cold. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. I had well, trouble breathing there. If you, it, yeah. When you come, we'll have a camera. Okay. We'll do, do okay. Some, you can film and document if I survive or not. Well, well and the thing <laughs> is, if you're going to do something like that, you got to get mileage out of it. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Good, good. Well, why don't you pray with the folks? Yes. And uh, just minister. Maybe there's some missionaries that need to be birthday too. Mm, I, yeah. That's, yeah. That's really on my heart, yeah. that, to pray for that. To well, I think for... Canadians, this is our country. Absolutely. And, and these are, it's important. These are the gatekeepers of the North. And so, yeah, I mean, we've got to, everybody should be involved. Amen. In seeing our country, including the North, reach. So, Father, I just speak blessing thank over Jesus. every person watching right now. I thank you that this is a divine appointment. Yes. That many just switched it Jesus. on and they're watching. And God, I just speak blessing and life over them and their household. Every need will be met. 
And God, I pray even today that their hearts will be stirred yes. to care for those that you care about, mm -hmm. but others have forgotten about, yes, the forgotten people Jesus. in the North. But we thank you for what you are doing. We thank you for what you're going to do. And we celebrate, God, that in our nation, Canada is being saved. Yes. And the fire is spreading around the Arctic Circle. Amen. 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 Thank you. It's so Thank good you. to be with you, Gwen. <laughs> My wife's name is Gwen, so Amen. I remember. <laughs> and we still receive it, and we're going to continue to pray Thank for you. the North. I and really like ministry. you in this place. I love this church. Good Thank church you. to come to, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you all.